This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Today on the show, we have a unique guest for us because oftentimes we interview NFL golf or athletes from all those sports today we're bringing on a former track star and skeleton star that's right the olympic sport of skeleton and we're, we're bringing on jaquan lavender and he was invited to join the the team usa rookie uh camp for the the skeleton uh, event uh, to train with the USA skeleton team. And we're going to hear his story today because he ended up not taking it further, uh, but he was a track star, was kind of going back and forth between track and skeleton and, and was doing both and, and had this desire to get Olympic gold, to, to go make the Olympics, to get there and, and to pursue it. And even though he was in the mix and, and he had that you know mindset, God really changed his heart, and, and we're going to hear day, and and so it was it was fascinating for for me to to listen to Jay Quan, and I'm I'm thinking, wait, you, you made it to the Olympics, you're getting to the Olympics? No, he he's at total peace about walking away from sports, and he realizes kind of two big things uh, that that he'll talk about, kind of the opposite of the gold that he was chasing. And and then also uh, just kind of where his his love at was at for sports, how that changed, how God changed his heart uh, with that. So uh, you'll you'll enjoy uh, our conversation. He he now uh, has a, a nonprofit foundation called uh, the Jaquan Lavender Foundation, and and so he really pouring into uh, the next generation of of young men, and and so doing some some really cool stuff. Uh, stick around. At end of the show i'll have two takeaways myself share with you from the interview uh but before we jump in uh want to uh thank our presenting sponsor metashare so if you're looking for an affordable reliable health care option that you can trust check out metashare today go to metashare.com slash metashare has options for every budget so they they offer a lot of different programs Customize it to to your needs and your family. Uh, it's been a great fit for for my family. We've been MediShare members for over six years, and as someone in in ministry, you know, was look options and and to 
you know, really find an alternative to health insurance, uh, MediShare has been great. So to, to, to be a part of a healthcare sharing ministry, uh, it's, a, it's a really unique structure and setup. And there is their members on average save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. And, and so that's been a blessing to uh, my family. And so check it out. Check it out if it's the right fit for you. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, we're going to jump in. Jaquan Lavender. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us on the MetaShare guest line is Jaquan Lavender. He is a track athlete and a skeleton athlete pursuing old. Jaquan graduated from Tiffin University with a bachelor's degree in sports management. He also started a documentary series called The Journey to Gold, which documents his training for the Olympics. Jaquan is also the president of his nonprofit foundation called Jaquan, the journey to gold, where gold stands for great opportunities, lift dreams. Jaquan, so great to have you on Unpacking It. How are you? Good, good. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing awesome and, and really excited to, to share your story uh, with our day. And, and so let's, let's begin on the, on the sports side. What drew you to track? And at what point did you realize, all right, I've got a gift. I got a gift. I'm fast. I can do this. So that's a that's a good question. So I always was a soccer player starting off. I played soccer for 14 years and then I got to middle school. So, you know, in middle school, you wanted to be that guy that did the three sports, the football, basketball, and track. So I tried out for the track team seventh grade year and I was the slowest guy on the track team. And then eighth grade year came around and I said, okay, if I'm going to do this again, I'm never going to lose a race ever again. Wow. So after basketball season, my mom had a treadmill in her garage and I would run a mile on it every day, every day until track season came. So I, I made myself get in shape and, you know, I became the fastest guy and, you know, I, I won every meet. So I, I accomplished what I set forth that I said I was going to do. That's it. That's amazing. And so as you were uh, doing this in, in high school and in and, and college, then at what point did your attention shift to, all right, I want to I want to pursue uh, the Olympics and, and go for this. So 2000 and 2012, when they were in London, that was my first time actually sitting down and watching the Olympics. And I was like, man, I, I like the concept that you go in there, they pay for you. And you know what I'm saying? You can get the run one lap around the track, <laughs> one one lap around the track in front of the whole world, you know, and win a gold medal for your country. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really put my mind to it. I'm going to really go forth and do this. So that's when, when I was 16, you know, I had that Olympic inspiration to go forth and, you know, do the Olympics. And and so then take a, what that journey has has looked like the the ups and downs the opportunities the chances that you've had the the missed chances that you that you've had and and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's 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 a good story. So I've always been the underdog. 
So a lot of coaches would say, you're not going to Olympics or delusion. I'll never forget that. My my first college, so I went to Point Park University, downtown Pittsburgh, and I was transferring out. And the coach was like, you're delusional. You're never going to run fast. You'll never go to the Olympics. But mind you, he was the guy just saying a couple months ago, oh, we're going to go to the Olympic trials together. I'm with you. I'm going to help you. Hmm. So I was like, that's that's crazy that you would say that and you were just saying that you want to get to the Olympics. So I transferred out to Tenshin University in the same kind of situation. You know, I always was the underdog. I always had to, I wouldn't say prove myself, but I had to show to the coaches that I was good enough on their terms. So I always, you know, that that's what fueled the fire because I always felt like, okay, if you're going to count me out, you're counting out the wrong one because I'm always coming back 10 times harder. So I always would just work hard and just make sure these coaches would see that he's a wrecking force. And, you know, you'll get a few coaches that will inquire, like, why isn't he on the 4 by 4 team or why isn't he running the open four today? So it was, you know, different things behind the scenes I really didn't talk about in public because that was between me and the coach. Mm-hmm. But God knew what was going on. He's seen the unfairness. He's seen, like, oh, my son is going through this, but I got I have to take him down this way. Because if I, if he if he's going to be strong to go to the Olympics, he's going to have to face some adversity right now because I need him to be strong in this area. Or maybe if I could just, you know, strengthen him a little bit because he got a little bit of weakness. Or if I could just strengthen him in this area because his mindset just needs to be a little bit renewed. So, I you know, it's different things how I start looking at it. And then um, instead of me being bitter towards my coach, I would pray for him. Mm. I pray for him. And I was like, God, just touch uh, Coach Martin's heart. You know, and just continue to do a great work in him. And I always would pray that for him. And my senior year in college, things got better between me and him. And it's just the burden lightened up. And I start running faster. He's like, man, don't it feel good to run fast again? I said, yes, sir, do it. He said, yeah, just keep going. Just keep going. And just those from when did he come? I think he came in my sophomore year when I transferred there. My, my original coach, no, he came in my junior year. So from, I think, two to three years, it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So once I left Tiffin, that's when I got into Skeleton. See, I didn't want to do Skeleton. (laughs) Didn't want to do Skeleton. So I went off to California uh, for a Team USA tryout, and I did decent. But I came back 2020, I went to Utah that same year for the Skeleton and Bobsled Combine. I did pretty decent. I got third, third overall. And I was like, no, you don't, you don't accept third place for no, you don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> so they said, just stick with it. You come back. You want to, you can make the development team. And I said, development team. I said, if I'm, if I'm paying full effort, I'm making the, the actual USA team. So that's when COVID hit the following year. So they sent us emails like, you have to do a virtual combine. And I was like, I can do it here in Stewartville. So that's when I invited the community to come out and I had family and friends come out and I did my combine in front of the uh, my family and friends at the track, at my high school track, which is even better. I had to wait four months to get the results. So at that four months, I was getting impatient, but it brought me back to Abraham. So it brought me back to how he had to wait 100 years to receive the promise still for a child at 90 years old. So for him to wait 100 years to receive the promise when God already told him, that I'm going to make you the father of many nations, that the descendants are going to be many in the stars. I was, I was like, how can you be so patient? Mm. 
and you know the promise already, but you got to keep, just keep going through the journey. So I told myself, I said, listen, if God already said it's, if, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You just got to trust it. That's why in Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews 4, it says, call those things that be not as though they were. So I was believing it before I seen it. I, I told myself, I said, I made the USA team. Or if you watch episode one of my documentary, I said, I made the USA team. And I, I didn't know it at that time that I, you know, I had to wait that long. But I was saying it off of my results because I believed that. I was like, oh, I killed these results. <laughs> I, I was just so happy and I was just mind blown that I knew I was going to the Olympic Center. Four months later, I was at the Olympic Center. So it, it was, you know, you know, it's it's a, a faith journey, if I can say that. Your faith has to be out, out, you know, up here. If it's down here, you're not going to prosper. If you're up here, like Abraham, I always prayed. I said, God, give me faith like Abraham. Give me strength like Paul, because if you see how Paul was, Paul was not scared. Paul was not scared, and he he died for the gospel. Mm. He died for the gospel. So, Lord, give me strength like that. I, I need that. Give me give me faith like Noah when Noah built the ark. He right. he went off by the word. He he didn't see the storm coming yet, but he went off by God's word. He went by faith. You know, so it's it's different things. Give me give me a heart after God like David. David went through many things with Saul and, you know, different things. He still had a heart after God. After all that he faced, mm. he still chased after God because he knew at the end of the day, God was the sustainer. God, he said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Because only the rock can sustain us, can deliver us, can set us free, can lift us up. That it's, the rock can do anything and the rock is you. Amen. Amen. Well, all right. So it's a, it's an amazing story, but we, we've got to go back and... Uh... Get, unpack a little bit more and, and get some more more clarity. The transition from track to skeleton. How did that how did that happen? And, and how did you realize that that you had the skill set and, and the abilities to, to go to the Olympics with the with the, the event skeleton? I never wanted to do it. That was the weird thing. It was just an avenue that just happened to open because I was set on going to the Olympics uh, for track. But, you know, track is a little harder than skeleton. Skeleton is a big window where you can just step into it and, you know, make the USA team. So when I was still training for track, I was also training for skeleton at the same time. So once I finished up my training with track, I was strictly focused on skeleton. So when I got, when I made, when I got the word, I made the USA team, the coach called and he was like, hey, congratulations, you made the USA team. Um, You can pick to come to Lake Placid or you can come to Utah. So I like, I'm familiar with Utah, so I'll go back to Utah. So I got to train there for two weeks. We stayed. So the Olympic Center is actually in the mountains, which is really cool. You got to train there. They'll feed you and everything. So I, I never was interested in the skeleton. And the thing is, which is about to blow your mind, 2018, my friend was on the USA team for boss left Jordan. And he said, you will be a great skeleton athlete. And I said, skeleton. I said, what is skeleton? And he showed me. <laughs> he showed me. And I was like, you can keep that. I said, matter of fact, let's do this. I said, let's make a bet. If you run a 100-meter dash one time, I'll do skeleton. And we shook hands on that. And there you, and there you go. So at what point then did did you embrace skeleton? And, and did you, you said, oh, I didn't necessarily want to do it. Mm-hmm. At what point did you say, all right, I enjoy this? Or did you still not enjoy it? You were just happy to go to the Olympics. I didn't go to the Olympics. I made the team. But I think I, I know why I ended up there. 
Mm. See, God do certain things for a reason. The reason why I went, I believe, is because I just paved the way for many others to show that no matter how hard it may look, it's achievable. Mm. See, that's when I did it, I was scared. Mm. I, I had anxiety. That's the first time I ever had anxiety. I got to the line and the guy was like, have fun. He's just smiling. Have fun. I said, have fun. I'm about to go down the ice 60 to 80 miles per hour. It's the craziest sport it's there the is. Craziest sport. So he said, yeah, just relax. He said, where are you from? I said, Ohio. He said, how did you end up here? I said, I asked myself the same thing since I got here. <laughs> so he'd be like, just make sure you just take your time. I said, take my time. I'm going to take my time. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I look at that. I still think about that moment. Cause I, it's a moment that you'll never forget. It's, it's a unique moment, and God placed me in that position because I could come back and tell, you know, these younger guys that I'm mentoring now that no matter what you face in life, it's always a bigger picture. Now that I'm done, I'm I retired from sports. I'll tell my story why I retired from sports. It's more than sports. When you come from Stoneville, Ohio, they teach you sports, 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 sports. But who's teaching you there is a life after sports? Who's teaching you that? Hey, after sports, what are you going to do? They just think that once you, you know, high school and college, That's somebody right. somebody got switched that narrative up. That's what so, I've been teaching. So, which I want to talk about. I want to talk about the, the work that you're doing uh, with, with your foundation. Then, then take me into the, the journey of, of kind of where, where things ended on your path to the Olympics. You make the team, and, which is a big deal. And then take us just kind of into how far you, you went and and how you did as a skeleton athlete, ultimately. So after the camp, I came back to Ohio. I started training for track again. I wanted to get, you know, ready for the Olympic trials. Then make the Olympic trials. So I'm like, something got to give because you got to keep waiting every four years to get back into the trials and Olympics. So I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to go on the fast to see what God says. So I went on the fast, mm. and I was looking for clarity the whole fast. So I believe I went on fast for two weeks. Wow. The first week, I didn't hear nothing. That Monday, the next Monday, I got up. I was making breakfast. He said, wait, you can't compare a gold medal and a gold crown. And I was like, huh? I was mocked because I was shocked. I wasn't even thinking about it. Mm. He says, you can't compare it. <laughs> You can't, that's what First Corinthians says. It says they for a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Mm. So I'm striving for the eternal crown. I'm striving for the heavenly reward. I'm striving for the reward that is set in heaven. I'm not striving for a gold medal no more. So when I heard that, I said, I'm done with track. Wow. I'm done with track. I wow. let it go right there. And it was it was hard. I'm not going out. I, I would cry. I would get frustrated because I wanted to see what would happen if I continue, but it wasn't meant for me to continue. What what I did was enough for that next young man or next young woman to see. I seen what he did. I seen the blueprint. I see what he laid down at the table. Now it's it's up to them to you know see what I did. Now they can pick up the baton and they have the encouragement. They have the faith. Now I, I can back them up and be like, okay, you can you can do this, this, and this. But I'm only going to tell you for your best interest because I, I know what it takes to get to that level because I've been there. So if you're going to follow, meet me halfway. Mm. So that's 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 the reason why I retired from you know from track because 
my foundation is built on a faith-based foundation. And people are saying that you can't talk about God in schools. God didn't tell me that. <laughs> he didn't tell me that. So I'm I'm going off the vision, the blueprint God gave me. He placed this in my spirit in 2019. I got it in my notes when I was in college. I'm a late thinker. I sit up at night and I think. And he dropped it in my spirit, Jaquan Lavender Foundation, 2019. It was January of 2019. 20, 2020 in June, July, I think. A lady, family friend, Mrs. Ruth, she came and she said, God gave me a vision that we're going to start a foundation in your name and we're going to raise $100,000. And that's what you're doing. And that's what I'm doing. And Gosh. I, I forgot all about that. I'm, I'm focused on Olympic. But God yeah. had to bring it to someone in a vision to remind me what he had promised. Now that goes back to Abraham. He promised him that. So now that I'm walking in my fulfillment and my promise and my purpose, now my foundation is prospering. I don't even worry. I don't even worry about track no more. I don't even have the mindset to watch it no more. I, I can care less about it. Isn't mm. that crazy? That is. Because I used to love track. I idolized it. Mm. I idolized it. That's why I loved it so much because it was hard for me to let it go. But once I seen what God was doing for my life, that's when I was like, "Yeah, it's 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 going it's going to be it's going to be alright." But you are going to start walking in it better soon. So once I let it go, that's when things started to happen good for me. Ah, uh, that that's awesome. Well, and then so at what point did you let go of skeleton then? So I guess I'm just trying to understand the timing of of, of both of these because it's amazing that you're you're the type of athlete that can pursue both and that there is such an overlap in these two sports, which on the surface, are, they're so different, um, but you were able to, to, do, to do both. So I let go of Skeleton, I believe, once, I think months after I left there, I, I started to let it go because I wanted to focus on track. So once I made the team, you know, it's it good. You know, people was congratulating me. And I, the thing is, I don't care to be congratulated. Mm. I want God to get the glory. Because mm. the Bible says in Matthews, uh, humble yourself and you be exalted. You exalt yourself, you be humble. <laughs> so when you're being prideful, you're going to get humbled by God, which is the worst thing. You don't want that. <laughs> and I've been humbled by God. I lost it all. And, you know, it's, it's not a great feeling. Mm. But when I humble myself, he lifted me up. He lifted me up higher. So I always tell people, you know, it's, it's cool to be on that stage. But behind the scenes, it comes with a lot. So you got to be careful what you ask for. You have to be careful. It's not all what you see. What you see me on Instagram and my documentary, I'm going to show you the good parts because that's what it's meant to do, show you the good parts. But I'm not going to really show you the bad parts because it's it's sitting, sitting down in discussion, saying this, saying this, and partnerships on the line. And, you know, they're not paying for your rooms. And times I had to sleep in hotels and I got kicked out of a hotel, sleep in a different hotel, I got kicked out of a hotel because I didn't have money. Wow. It was times I had to sleep in a car when I was in Utah. I didn't know what was going on. I was basically stranded off a couple hundred dollars. It's certain things you're not going to tell, but you know, but once you got past that, you're just like, oh, I can make it. Because <laughs> wow. if I survived it off a couple hundred, off of two weeks in Utah, where I didn't know I was going, I was Ubering and everything, I can make it. And I would tell myself, you're more than a conqueror. Can't let something little stop you. That's why I be telling these young guys that it's cool that you want to go to the NFL. That is just a stepping stone. You have a life after football. I had my mom used to tell me, "What you gonna do when sports is over?" I mm -hmm. couldn't answer that because I wanted to, I wanted Plan A to work. 
Mm. That was the only option I had on the table. Someone came to me and was like, Mr. Lavender, what do you want to do next after sports? Playing ain't going to work. I wouldn't say prideful, but I was so uh, not bitter. But it's another word where I was not stuck up. Mm. Just, you know, in my own ways. Just, you know, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't want to hear that. Just, just know I'm going to the Olympics and you're going to see me on TV. That was my mindset. So once I got older and mature, you know, spiritually mature, I would see that, hey, you can't be that way because when sports is over, sports is over. You got to have a life after that. So when you have, you know, children or a wife, you got to be able to provide as a father. Man, you've learned you've learned a lot and in appearing with us today. And and I, I am curious just to, to, to go back a, a little bit further, I guess. So it, it sounds like throughout this this journey of, of trying to make the Olympics and, and, and going through all that, that you went through uh, on the track side and the skeleton side, uh, you, were, you were pursuing God. Before that, kind of where, or even heading into that, where, where was your faith at? And, and at what point in your life did, did you surrender to Jesus and say, all right, I want to I wanna follow your way? So we grew up in a Christian home, but you know when you start seeking the world for yourself, get off of high school and get off of college, so things change. So once I got out of college, things change. You know, you went you would do certain things that you should have no business doing, to be honest. So 2016, I had a 1.8 GPA. I was a track star in college. I had all the records. Didn't care about going to class. I, I didn't care about none of that. All I was focused on track. Once again, track was an idol. All I would do was focus on track when I had to be a student first, then I had once you take care of the student part, then you be an athlete. So I'll never forget. I went um, back to my room in college. And luckily, my roommate and his girlfriend was there. And I said, you got a knife? He said, for what? I said, I'm about to kill myself. Oh, my gosh. And I was about to commit suicide that day. Yep. Oh. I was about to commit suicide that day. And that's the hardest. To this day, I believe that's the hardest I ever cried for, like, 30 minutes straight. That's the thing. We as men... We struggle with that. We always feel like, oh, I got to hold it in. Because if I, if I cry, I'm weak. I'm soft. The strongest man that ever walked the earth cried, Jesus wept. That's the strongest, shortest verse ever. Jesus mm. wept. So why can't we weep when we hurt, mm. when we down and out, when we perplex, when we distress? They always say, suck it up. That's the generation I grew up in. That's what I heard uncles and cousins say, suck it up. So now it led to that moment where I'm about to kill myself because I had to suck it up. <laughs> I couldn't cry. I couldn't show no hurt. I couldn't show no pain because I was hurting in the inside. But my coach would ask me, he said, you okay? And I would, I'm all right. But knowing in the inside, I'm hurt. Man. So my mom came up. My mom and dad came up. She was like, you don't have to do this. And that was, you know, I seen her cry and I started crying again because I don't want to make my mom cry. Who want to make their mom cry unless That's you right. have, you know, so she started crying, and, you know, that was the last time I made her cry because I, like, from this day forward, I'm going to get myself together. So I start going to church more. And I feel like every time I went to church, he was preaching to me. So I was like, man, how he know my situation? Uh, so before, you know, even when I was going to church, I was still depressed for a week. So I, I was sleeping, like, you know, do certain things in the dark. Like, I was sleeping in the dark. I would just sit in the dark. 
I don't, I don't think I went to class or practice. I stopped going for a whole week. And, you know, I was just fighting a lot still. I didn't want to talk to one. People would come to the cafe and be like, you okay? Mm. I was just like, yeah. So I didn't smile. I didn't laugh for a week. And I this is this is bad because I'm always smiling. I'm a smiling guy. <laughs> I'm always smiling. So people yeah. knew, like, something really wrong with them. But, I, you know, I had to suck it up. So that's... That's the that's that's the wrong part about society of being a man uh, in America. I mean, anywhere I'm sure you have to play that tough guy role, which mm. is not true. All men could cry. Jesus was a a comprehensive man, the strongest man. When he when he knew he, his time was coming to be nailed on the cross, when he knew his death was coming, he prayed to God. He he's saying, "Take this away, take take this away from me, because I don't want this." Mm. I don't want this pain. And that's how I was crying out to him, Lord, I don't want this. Take this pain, but we got to go through it. Mm. We just got to go through it so we, he can die for our sins. I had to go through that pain so I can be the man that I am right now. And gosh, no, I mean, that's that's powerful. And and so that process, kind of how long did that that take to where you really started kind of moving on, moving past the pain, through the pain, and and feeling that 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 peace and that that joy as uh, as you're being led by led by his spirit. See, people always say, oh, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual, but you're still dabbling in the world. That's that's lukewarm. Mm. So, yeah, I was reading my Bible and all that, but I was still messing around. And I shouldn't have been messing around. Mm. See, he wasn't going to be honest, but I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be honest. So once I started getting older, 2018, 2019, that's when it started to get better. 2020 got better. 2021, now it's 10 times better. Good, good to, to hear on on that front, and so thankful that your that, that God you know rescued you in that in that moment of of desperation, and He met you in that place, and uh, ultimately saved you, and, and now has a great purpose on your life, and and the work that you're doing to to pour into uh, the next generation and, and younger kids. Use your experiences uh, to to encourage them and inspire them, and you, you've got the uh, the Jaquan Lavender foundation the the journey to gold uh where gold stands for great opportunities lift dreams and and so what are you most excited about the, the work that you're doing and in, in, in moment uh helping these young guys become prudent men so proverbs talking about the prudent man the prudent man to be wise and knowledgeable and that's you know i remember studying proverbs for a month i, just, I never understood why i studied proverbs for a month and God was, you know, highlighting to me that you should speak about the prudent man. So Proverbs talk about four different people. Talk about the prudent man, the foolish man. It talks about the Proverbs 31 woman, the godly woman, and then the Proverbs 7 woman. That's the harlot woman. That's the, the seductress woman. So you have to you have to pick your poise who you want to be. And, you know, highlighting those things when God was showing me that, you know, it's easy to be a foolish man in the world because there's so much foolishness going on. But when the prudent man comes around, you know, people, you know, they, they're like, oh, wow, he got his, he's more polished. He's more upright, you know. So I'm teaching these guys to be prudent men, comprehensive men, strong men, men of integrity, men of, you know, courage. So I renamed my mentorship program, the Mighty Men of Valor. So First Samuel 22, remember when David was running away from Saul and those 400 men with him and they went in the cave of Adullam. So, and so I find it so amazing every time I talk about it. How can David be so distressed and worried when he's already running from Saul and he already has his problem? 
but the 400 men was distressed as well. They said they had so much it's just distress. So they said when they came out of that cave, they was mighty men of valor, which means passion, courage, men that's you know upright, mighty men of war, if you can say that. Mm. So once these guys come out the cave of Adelum, which is the foundation, the mentorship program, I want them to be transformed. I want these guys to be recognable. When people see them, they're gonna see God. I don't want them to see Jake Paul Lavender. I always tell people, take my foundation and my name out of it because I'm doing God's work. He's whatever he placed in me, I'm placing it in them. So I have to instill them and install them to be, hey, you know, you're young, but it's no excuse. There's no excuse. You know right from wrong. If you know better, you'll do better. So don't you can't be messing around. You have to stay focused. Know different things like that, and then we're teaching them to be more professional. Mm. Uh, man, we're teaching them right now start figuring out what you're going to do when football is over because football is not forever, you know. So, once you start getting older, your joints slow down, everything get, gets different. You're not going to notice that because you're still young, you got your youth. So, I'm teaching these guys to how to be professional, how to dress right, how to speak right, how to have positive body language. How you know just different things, and I took them to um, a speaking engagement a couple of weeks ago. Ryan Shazier came to my workplace. Yeah. Yep. So I took him to the. He's been a guest on our show. Big fan. Ryan Shazier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He he was here and real real humble dude. Yeah. Really, really humble, and you know I I was just happy to see them you know in suits. Cause they like my sons. They like my sons. So I was like, they, they looking good today. I was uh-huh. happy to see them. So I was, you know, just smiling in the inside because it made me happy that I see that what I'm installing in them, they're actually putting it to work. That's awesome, man. Well, keep up the great work and, and, and appreciate your willingness to, uh, to pour into those guys and, and, and walk alongside them. And it's, uh, it's just so important. So, uh, Man, well, thanks for for sharing your story with us and and sharing how uh, God has worked in your life. And and I'm uh, very encouraged just by your uh, recollection of of scripture and and it just it flows so that it's in your heart and mind. And uh, that, that's an encouragement to uh, to all of us today. I hope um, so. So keep keep it up. And uh, thanks for for being a part of the Unpacking the Podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having. Me. Absolutely. There's Jaquan Lavender joining us here on the MetaShare Gap. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. So there you go. From track to skeleton to realizing, you know what? I'm chasing the wrong kind of gold. We all relate to that. So uh, we're, we're all chasing different things in life or at different seasons in life. And, and so, you know, what an encouragement for us to figure out or evaluate in our own lives, what's an idol? Is, is there an idol in, in my life? And am I, you know, all in on something that it's time to put it in its proper place or maybe move on from chasing that? And that may be in the business world or, or whatever, it, whatever it is. Uh, that that it's become more important than anything else, including our pursuit of Jesus. And is an idol is something that that carries more weight and value and attention and focus uh, in our in our lives. 
uh, you know, in the, in the Bible talks a lot about idols, but those were, you know, they used to create golden uh, calves and, and golden uh, animals and, and all things that became little G gods and idols in their life. And they were worshiping these, these gold statues, but things haven't really changed that much, right? <laughs> we, we now uh, worship gold medals or gold trophies and, you know, from the sports standpoint, but, but it, it, we can relate to it in a lot of different ways. We're all chasing our own, our own statues, really. It's, I want my own statue, big statue of Bryce, <laughs> but that, but that's in, in, in a lot of ways are how we spend our time, our money, our attitudes, our, our attention seeking our, our own desires. And, and so when God humbles us and gets, gets our attention, he'll, he'll renew our, our vision that, that ends up being aligned with him and what he has planned for us and, and what he desires for our lives to look like according to his word and according to the way he designed us. And, and, you know, sometimes it, it's all part of the, the journey and the process and, and for Jaquan to, to be on that, that path toward the Olympics and, and track and, and I mean, the unbelievable sport of skeleton. I mean, is there anything scarier or more dangerous than that sport? Are you kidding me? Uh, but it's fun to watch. I do like to watch it, but, but all of that was used to bring Jaquan to, uh, you know, to an understanding of, of who God is. God used all of that, the highs, the lows, uh, the pain that, he, that, that, that Jaquan went through. And, and thankfully at the end, God met him in that place that he was in that really dark place. And I'm so thankful that, that he realized uh, the path that he needed to get on and, and that God loved him and, um, and, and did have a plan for him. And so, you know, those things sound cliche, but that's the truth. That's, that's what we have to hang on to hold on to. Uh, and, and it's like, I just thought of this, you come to grips with that reality that God loves us and he has a plan for us and you come to grips with it. And then you hang on with all your grip. I have to write that down. <laughs> I just thought of that. So there you go. Hopefully that's encouraging to somebody today. We, we got it. We, we can't, we can't let go of that. Let, let go of that truth. God loves us. He's got a plan for us. Are we pursuing it? Are we resting in his love or are we chasing every other idol? Ah, this will make me happy. Uh, once I accomplish this, once I do this, once I do that at work, once I get to, to this level uh, in my bank account, then I'll be good. Then I'll be good. But ultimately, then if that's, all, if that's our number one focus, that's, our, that's an idol. It's, getting, it's replacing God. It's replacing God as the ultimate uh, affection of our heart, our ultimate love. Because we're called to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. And, and, and so if something else, if we love track more than him, we love our job more than him, then we're, we're not being obedient. We're not, we're not living in the to us because when we delight in the Lord, uh, we get to experience him and, and then the peace and the joy that comes from that and the clarity in our, our vision, his vision for us, the clarity in his purpose and his plan for us. Uh, takes place when we delight in him and, and he is our number one desire. So uh, long takeaway from this interview. And then the other thing I mentioned it to Jaquan, but his ability to recollect scripture, incorporate scripture, tell stories from the Bible. Uh, I was very impressed with it. Uh, very encouraged by that. You know, sure. But oftentimes it requires me to prepare if I'm going to talk about it. And I might mention scripture in conversation, but not 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 always as smooth as I would like to be. 
part of it, my problem is I, I look at a lot of different translations. Uh, so I don't necessarily have like memorized. I understand biblical principles and then I'll take a look at different translations to help me understand those principles or even those stories even better. Uh, but I think it's important that as we talk to people, being able to have you know clear scripture memorized and understood and at the forefront of our mind and heart and at the forefront of our tongue, uh, it can be very uplifting and encouraging to to, to those that we talk to, and it, and it helps yeah just clarify who we are and and love our love for God when when we understand um, and can communicate that in a effective way in an effective way. So, uh, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was a good, good challenge or encouragement to, to me and, and, and hopefully to you as well. So, uh, thanks to Jaquan. Uh, I know it was a, a unique interview today. We try to do different things at, at times on this podcast and, uh, try to, try to mix it up. So I hope that that was, uh, was fun for you today. Well, be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to our weekday devotional that goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can subscribe for free, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, MediShare. You can go to MediShare.com slash unpackingit. Find out if MediShare is the right fit for you and or your family. This has been the Unpacking It podcast presented by Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.